1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work.
2: Welcome back to another edition of MHR Radio, Mount High Report Radio podcast. Adam Alnott, Ian St. Clair. We are past the Joe Flacco stuff, question mark? Not really. I suppose there's still people out there that are um, hung up on it, but we're going to move on from it ourselves because we get to talk about free agency. We get to talk about the combine that's coming up. There are so many things happening right now in this offseason, Ian, that, uh, I mean, we could go in several directions. It all depends on what you want to talk about first. I think for
3: now, we can focus more on the free agency stuff because there's been a couple of stories that have come out over the last couple of days. In terms of the combine, it's actually starting on Wednesday. So from Wednesday until Saturday, you'll be seeing what the – potential draft picks for the Broncos are doing on the field, and even more importantly, who the Broncos are talking to.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the key point I think that you made um, prior to us starting to record was this idea that the, the people to pay attention to, the players to look at or watch, are the ones that the Broncos are actually speaking to. That's got to be the key, right? If they're not talking to them, they're probably not interested in them
3: correct it's i mean that, that to me that's the most important thing it's 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 like a job interview it's the first chance for teams to actually sit down and talk to players and get to know them and find out who they are what they are how they came to be about this all the, how they came to to get to this point in their football career and then they ask them random questions to throw them for a loop
2: you, you gotta love the random question stuff and then and then of course and I, and we're not gonna get too far into it, but then also the wonder lick. I mean, that's right. we can't wait to see what people score on this pointless test. I think it's more about what they
3: what they don't score. I think it's it's it only becomes newsworthy when somebody bombs it
2: right like uh was it Jameis Winston a few years ago who did who scored like a negative seven or something like that? That was that was pretty awesome. I don't know who else who else out there has bombed it. Didn't Dan Marino score something like four on the Wonderlick? Wasn't that one of the one of the big ones? I'm tr- I'm trying to remember. I know there's like a big Hall of Fame name out there that just totally bombed the Wonderlick. And I don't keep up enough
3: on the Wonderlick scores to know who does what
2: right? so I'm not. I'm not saying it matters. I, I think that the point to me is always that it's just such a pointless test. I, I don't think it really measures anything that that translates. But that's that's neither here nor there. So um, let let's go ahead and, and and jump in a little bit and talk about uh, some of the things that the Broncos might be looking to do. Um, while John Elway and, and, and crew are in Indianapolis and um, the, some of the free agent names that are out there and possible trades and things like that. What, what's something that, that we should be focusing on? So one thing to keep in mind about all of this is
3: while Elway and the rest of the GMs who are in Indy for the Combine this week are talking to players, it's also a chance to talk to free agents' representatives so any of the potential free agents that Elway may target, he could potentially run into, run into, oops, A little bump into the players' agents or representatives, and talk about the
2: weather. You know, I I, ha- I have to say it, it is somewhat funny because there's like all the tampering and every you can't you can't tamper and then there's legal tampering and all of these things. And then this idea that, well, you're not allowed to talk to these, you know, representatives of the players until a specific period. But they also are going to be representing kids that are at the Combine. And so, I mean, if you happen to run into them, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Well, we're all here for the same reason. Like, some of the convoluted rules that the NFL comes up with, just just, they just blow my mind. Like, it's so ridiculous so you're not allowed to talk to this guy from this date until this date and you have to do it while you're sitting down having a cheeseburger at this hotel and it was like what
3: so yeah I mean even Roger Goodell and the rest of the NFL has to know that when you gather everyone in one place
2: they're going to be talking about stuff and that's fine right I mean it's almost like that's kind of the cost of doing business is you know you're going to do those things so so for topics of interest for the Broncos, Mike Kliss
3: had a story on Tuesday which basically said the Broncos aren't interested in the Steelers' controversial receiver, Antonio Brown. As Kliss said in his story, among the non-starters is Brown wants to renegotiate his current contract that pays him $15.125 million in 2019 11.3 million in 2020 and 12.5 million in 2021. So what basically what Cliss is saying is to renegotiate that and tie money into Antonio Brown and give up a potential high a high round draft pick and then have to pay even more to keep him happy. Cliss says it doesn't make sense.
2: Uh, yeah, I actually, I second that. I, I heard the numbers. You said $15 million for a wide receiver. I, I find it difficult. And I, you know, I understand like Demarius Thomas was making like $11 million or $12 million or whatever. And uh, I think Emmanuel Sanders is at what? 11 million, 10 million, somewhere in there. It's, it's around 11 million. Yeah. To, to put that much money. And this is kind of something that I've sort of come to uh, as a realization recently, but it is something that I'm starting to believe. To put that much money into a guy that is reliant on someone else to get them the football is a little bit... um, I guess Antonio Brown is maybe the exception to the rule. I could see paying a guy like Antonio Brown that kind of money, but there really isn't anybody else out there, there, or it's few and far between, somebody who... They they don't get the ball unless the quarterback is capable of getting them the football, and so you really don't have the same effect on the field. And so, are you worth the same amount of money as a quarterback? I don't think so. That's that's my opinion of it. And so, along with the controversy, along with the loss of a draft pick, I'm I'm more than happy to see John Elway and his staff say, you know what we can move on and not worry about Antonio Brown. He can go play for somebody else or stay in Pittsburgh. That's not going to affect the Broncos in any way, and so that's fine. Because pumping that kind of money into a player like that, who could come in and just end up being a cancer in the locker room anyway, not necessary. Like We don't need it is what they should be saying.
3: Then it ties in to who the Broncos could potentially go after, and the name that – Cliss says makes more sense is John Brown. Cliss said in his story that Brown developed a strong receiver quarterback relationship with Joe Flacco in Baltimore last season. And from what Cliss has been told, the Broncos are not scared off by John Brown's sickle cell trait. And a source close to Brown says the receiver is not afraid of Denver's mile high altitude as a possible home, provided the team expresses interest. Now, with sickle cell trait, it's not something that you want to mess around with because it can kill you. So it would have to get the clearance of the doctors for the Broncos and for John Brown, his agent to, to be on the same page, to get it cleared, to make sure that nothing's going to happen. So I, I get this, I I get the fascination because that's the, that's a deep threat that Joe Flacco has a connection to, but they're, to me, that's that's the big issue that has to get worked out.
2: Yeah, and, I, and let me ask you this because I'm trying as we're talking about it, I'm trying to remember. wasn't Wasn't that Ryan Clark's issue? The uh, cornerback for the Steelers was safety. Was, it was the safety. Excuse me. Was was he? Was it a sickle cell trait? Remember, he didn't play in that game in Denver uh, a few years ago because of of something, and I can't remember what it was. Was it a sickle cell trait that that they decided he shouldn't play in that game because he had an issue? The previous time they had been in Denver, that was that was dangerous. Or am I misremembering that? He didn't play in
3: the in the wild card playoff game when Tim Tebow completed that pass to Demarius
2: right. Thomas, and I, I believe it was because of sickle cell trait. See now, to me, and that's that's you're right. That would be something that the doctors would have to determine whether or not it would be okay for John Brown to play in Denver. Now, now I I am not a medical professional, and I'm probably not really asking you this question because neither are you, but is that something where after the body acclimates to living at altitude, maybe that's the issue, is that it's about acclimation? I mean, you live at altitude, you know, living out in Colorado. I grew up out there, and I can tell you coming back, having lived away from Colorado for the number of years that I have, I feel a difference now, probably because I'm older than I was back then, uh, and that I do need that time to adjust. Do you think that's probably the issue? Maybe you're not the one to ask either, because you're you're not a doctor, are you? Last I checked, I'm not. Okay, so neither one of us are. Just making but sure that everybody knows that.
3: I don't think that's something that can get acclimated because I think it just it, it limit it thins the blood or it, it lessens what's in it. Right. To, to keep you alive, and I don't know. If, I, I, I don't think that that's something that can become adaptable to higher altitude if you already have thin blood.
2: Yeah. See, so if you are a doctor and you do listen, maybe you're listening right now as you're uh, performing a surgery or something. That would be a great thing to have somebody listen to while they're doing a surgery is the Mile High Report radio podcast. I think that would be fantastic. But if you are a doctor and you do listen, tweet it at us. uh, Let us know because I I am actually curious. I'm just too lazy to Google it. After John Brown, Cliss goes on to mention
3: uh, several other free agent receivers for the Broncos to consider. He lists Tyrell Williams, Golden Tate, Dante Moncrief, Pierre Garçon, and Jamison Crowder. And the reason all of this is interesting is because Benjamin Albright tweeted on Tuesday that the Broncos are looking for a burner receiver, exploring free agent's uh, free agency options. Albright said they love their young their young nucleus of Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton, but don't have anyone that takes the top off. I don't know about you but when I read that, that sounds like to me they aren't necessarily going to pick up the option for Emmanuel Sanders because Emmanuel Sanders does that.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I I wonder if it's an age issue but you, you have to notice in the tweet that sanders name is not listed in there and so even though all indications uh and you know last week and and whatnot were that the broncos were going to uh pick up uh, emmanuel sanders option i have to agree with you looking at that sutton patrick and hamilton no sanders in there uh and you know i understand everybody loves emmanuel sanders and broncos country he's been a great addition he's been somebody who has uh, really embraced being a Denver Bronco, which is great. But I, I do think with the amount of money they can save moving on from Emmanuel Sanders, that's just going to play too much of a role. And if if they can take that money and put it towards a big-name free agent that can have an impact on defense, uh, like a C.J. Mosley, if if you're lucky and he doesn't get tagged, for example, that to me is is the right move. And you can go get a wide receiver that will cost you – what, four million dollars versus the eleven million dollars that Emmanuel Sanders had cost that can that can take the top off of a defense. And Joe Flacco likes that. Joe Flacco wants to chuck and pray. That's his style. So you gotta have somebody who can, you know, run seventy yards down the field and, and catch a ball out of the air. You gotta wonder about that list though. Um does anybody on that list that that you just read off the you know the the Tyrell Williams and Golden Tates and Dante Moncriefs Pierre Garcon, Jamison Crowder, none of those guys jump out to me as, as a, a better option than Emmanuel Sanders.
3: I, I don't mind the idea of Golden Tate or even Jamison Crowder. I, to me, it, it, it's all about what does it do to complement the offense and what does it do to complement what Rich Scangarello wants to do with his offense and his scheme. So in that sense, I I think it ties back into what we said last week about the defense. If Vic Fangio says get him, you go get him. Right. It's the same thing with Rich Scangarello. If Rich Scangarello wants to get Golden Tate or Jamison Crowder, you get either one of them. And I said this last week, even with Tom Pellisaro, with NFL Network saying that the Broncos are going to pick up Emmanuel Sanders' option, I don't buy it. I view it a lot like the to Tlaib situation, where it's almost an identical contract. There is like one million dead money, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's it. So it's it's, it's like to Tlaib. I just yeah. don't see them keeping it on the roster when it's an $11 million
2: cap hit. Right. And I, I think that it'll be the same. I think it's the, ends up being the same scenario for the fans as well. I mean, a lot of fans were really upset about moving on from Akeeb Tlaib. And, uh, you know, I think that that was justified in some sense. I was one of them who wasn't uh, one of those people who wasn't a fan of of moving on from Aqib Tlaib from a standpoint of I like what he brought to the team on the field. But you have to look at the whole, the, you know, the whole pie, so to speak, and and a big piece of that pie is the contract, and then another piece of that pie is the presence in the locker room, and the Broncos. I I, I get the feeling the Broncos are trying to skew away from. I don't know how do I how do I word this for Emmanuel Sanders. I, I don't want to call Divas. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a diva. I don't think he's a cancer in the locker room. I don't think he is a bad guy. I just think that. At a certain point, and this is something that you get with a lot of wide receivers, it's it becomes a me attitude. And I, I think that part of that is because they are players who are dependent upon somebody else to provide them with the football or to provide them with an opportunity to have an impact. And so they they almost have to stand out in a way. And the way that they do that is they, they get a little diva-ish in the locker room. They become a little more boisterous. They become a little more flamboyant, a little a little more me, 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 and a little less team, team, team. So, you know, I get where Emmanuel Sanders might be coming from. He's not going to restructure his contract for anybody. I get that. But that really does sort of seal his fate, in my opinion. I, I don't really care about the reports. You're absolutely right on that. It's a business deal, and as, as a business decision goes, it's the right decision to move on. And then that ties in with a report about the Bengals
3: from Tony Pauline, who said the sources tell him the Bengals are hoping to trade receiver John Ross and will field offers during the combine. Well, if the Broncos are looking for a burner, John Ross is a burner. He's now he's fast. granted, he has hands of stone, but he definitely
2: is a burner you know that's interesting taking the top off of the defense doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to throw it downfield and sometimes taking the top off the defense opens up the middle of the field in ways that can be advantageous as well so Maybe they don't need John Ross to catch the ball. Just run away and take some of the defenders with you, and then that way, maybe, maybe. I'm trying to find a positive here. I'm trying to help him out. He doesn't have to catch the ball. He just needs to take some people with him when he runs away. That's all. I think what would also help in that regard is to have a suitable and capable tight end. Hmm. Has that is that something that exists? Because if it does, I'd like the Denver Broncos to find one. And, and I'm going to say this. It has been since Julius Thomas that the Broncos have really had. And I know Owen Daniels was good. Uh, he, he did, but, but think about the impact that Julius Thomas had on the Broncos offense with Peyton Manning as the quarterback. And I know Peyton Manning was the quarterback. I get it. As compared to pretty much everybody else ever since then. Well, when you look at how successful Joe Flacco has been and the times
3: he's been successful, he's had a tight end. So whether Jake Butt stays healthy, or Tony Fumagalli can get healthy. I mean, they have guys who can do it. It's just a matter of if they can stay healthy.
2: Yeah, you know, and the problem with the NFL is, you know, the most important ability on the field is availability, and the guys that they've brought in at tight end have not had that, right? The availability is, is the one that they've been lacking, and so it's frustrating to watch. Uh, just, just because they can't seem to find a, a tight end that can stay healthy and and have a continued impact on the field, I, I don't know. Are, maybe they're snake bitten. Maybe it's an issue where they just don't have. You know, they're they're cursed at the tight end position right now. It's it's actually been strange the last what four or five years. That's the position that they just can't, they just can't make it work. It doesn't matter who they bring in, it just doesn't work out.
3: And there really isn't anybody in free agency. It's not a good free agency class for tight ends. So I think the the way they'll go is there are some very good tight ends in the draft. So maybe they go that with the early second, maybe third-round pick, depending on who's there and what happens with the overall draft board. But I don't think they're going to get anybody in the free agency class because I think the best guy available is Jared Cook.
2: Yeah. I I mean – Jared Cook isn't a terrible tight end, but he certainly doesn't. He doesn't scream. He do, he doesn't scream excitement. He doesn't make me want to um, plop it out there and expect it to perform. You know who would do that though?
3: Booty. The Broncos need some booty. They, they
2: do need some booty, and that and that would be fantastic if they could do that. No acknowledgement, by the way, that I dropped a plop it out there in there. You just moved right on. A little disappointed. I had to focus on the booty. <laughs> yes. Well, it's hard not to focus on the booty when the opportunity arrives. But what I will say is we're gonna go ahead and let this ad plop it out there and expect it to perform. And then and then we'll come back and, and we'll maybe do a little performing as well. All right. That ad was great. It was fantastic. It was a phenomenal ad. Whether it performed, that's not really only, it's not really up to us. Yeah, we can't judge that. That's your job. You as the listener get to judge whether or not you enjoyed that. Uh, and, and I'm going to guess that if you're still listening, it means you didn't mind the ad. And if you're not still listening, you can't hear me. So what's the difference? Because we plopped it
3: out there and expected it to perform. We did. But that's that's all treatment. we can do.
2: <laughs> so um, speaking of which. Where are we going next? Do we want to talk about quarterbacks? Do we want What do we, what do we want to talk about?
3: I, to get to the combine, I think there's one name that it's the name. It's it's Baker Mayfield this year. It's it is the name that that gets a rise out of people one way or the other. And we've talked about it. We have. I said that Elway needs to keep every single option open. And he still needs to keep every single option open about the quarterback situation. And, of course, I'm talking about Kyler Murray. Yes, you are. And I'm going to let you read the tweet from Andrew Mason because it seems like Mace is
2: on the Kyler train. It does. You know, it's interesting because it's this his tweet is in response to Brandon Spano, who is a person. Is that a good enough description? Did I did I nail that? I think you did. All right. Uh, but what he said was, as I've been saying on air, when you're looking for the franchise quarterback for the long term, you need the guy who can go punch for punch with Mahomes because that's what you'll need for the next decade. Ordinary will not do. And I think that last bit is extremely important. Ordinary will not do. and And Mace is – look – you if you're looking for information about the Broncos and you want a you know a solid take on things, Andrew Mason is your guy. And and that statement right there, I think, screams Kyler Murray. I don't, I don't think you're wrong on that. I think that when he tweets out ordinary will not do, he's talking about Drew Locke, right? Drew Locke to me is ordinary. Drew Locke is your typical, you know, tall, big arm goofy quarterback he's he's he makes me nervous and maybe that's the the sort of that Paxton Lynch fear Brock Osweiler fear keep going I mean anybody who's too tall makes me nervous from this point forward because I feel like I and correct me if I'm wrong on this when you're too tall you're always throwing the ball down and so you get balls tipped at the line that shouldn't be tipped at the line that that's one concern I have and apparently when you're too tall, the air gets really thin up there and you get a little goofy and you kind of act like a goofball. And, and, and that's not good. Whereas when you're short, you learn how to find angles to get the ball through. Right? Look, at, look at a guy like Drew Brees. Drew Brees isn't tall. Russell Wilson isn't tall. They are able to get the ball over the line of scrimmage, past the defensive lineman. And they're short, so height really isn't an advantage if if you know what you're doing, and that's why I think when you say something like "ordinary will not do," you have to be talking about Kyler Murray there, and that, in my opinion, that's not a bad way for the Broncos to go. I, I'm not saying the Broncos should take Kyler Murray at ten. I'm just saying it wouldn't it wouldn't make me angry. My thing is is
3: while I would love it, the only way you're going to get Kyler Murray is if you trade up.
2: Hmm. Well, let's let's examine that a little bit. If you go through the top 9 picks, are you saying someone in the top 9 is going to take him or are you saying someone's going to trade up to get him? One or the other. I'm just trying to think of teams out there that are that would be in on Kyler Murray right now. Washington, you think Washington would go after Kyler Murray? They don't have a quarterback right now. They potentially could. Okay.
3: But um, they'd have to give up a lot.
2: To get up sure. into the top five, they'd have to they'd have to give up a ton, and maybe they will. Maybe they're willing to because they're sort of. I mean, I'm sorry, you lose a quarterback like that. Your team isn't that good. They should be totally blowing things up and rebuilding. And what better piece to start with than franchise potential franchise quarterback? I, I, I think see the, them doing that. I think the two wild cards in this whole situation are the Cardinals and the Raiders. The Raiders was was going to be the next one that I talked about because it all depends on what they decide to do with Derek Carr. You know, and you and, and you you don't know with John Gruden, right? Because he's he's crazy. He really is crazy. He'll he'll do whatever he wants. And they're trying to generate excitement for their new, you know, moving to Las Vegas stuff. And so, bringing in a new quarterback, a young quarterback like Kyler Murray, who might be one of the most exciting players on the field, is a great way to generate excitement in a new stadium in a new city. I, I get that. I can see that. Arizona's interesting to me. Arizona has a quarterback. They just drafted him. He was a rookie. Are they they really going to move on from Josh Rosen? Is that real? Is that real? As much as Cliff Kingsbury might like Kyler Murray, are they really willing to move on from their first-round draft pick of a year ago?
3: Why not? I've always believed that when you know it's not going to work, you cut bait as soon as you know it's not going to work. There is no point to drag it out. And if Cliff Kingsbury doesn't want Josh Rosen, it doesn't matter if Josh Rosen can play. If Cliff if Cliff Kingsbury doesn't want Josh Rosen, why not get, get, get Kyler Murray? You just said that it's going to get excitement to a fan base, and the Cardinals haven't had anything exciting since they went to the
2: Super Bowl in 2008. That was a good Super Bowl. That was a fun one. I remember watching that. I didn't. I didn't like that Pittsburgh won because I don't like Pittsburgh, but it was a it was a fun Super Bowl. To go back to what May said
3: about the Chiefs and knowing that you have to go punch for punch with Patrick Mahomes, the Raiders
2: know that. I think John Gruden knows that. Well, yeah, in the same division, so okay. So what do you do then if you're John Elway? let let's go hypothetical we can have some fun with it we're not we're not we're not breaking any th- rules here we're not you know into that legal tampering you know phase of anything we're you know, we're not tampering at all what do you think it takes for the Broncos to move up to make sure that they get a guy like Kyler Murray how far up do they have to go and what do they give up
3: that's what's interesting when I was on origin blue 760 last friday right good spot mace, by the way mace posed the question to me what do the broncos do in the draft and do they move up and i i'm going to give him the same answer to all of our listeners that i did to them and that's they're going to let it play out i think they'll see what happens with the first 3 to 7 picks cuz after after the raiders If the Raiders take somebody or they trade down, you'll have a good idea of how the rest of that round is going to go. Because if Kyler Murray is there, the Giants aren't going to take him. They'll probably take Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they'll take Daniel Jones. I think it'll be one of those two guys. They're not going to take Kyler Murray.
2: You know, It's interesting because you bring up Dwayne Haskins, and to me, and I I said this when I was on Orange and Blue uh, a couple weeks ago, to me he's the best quarterback. He's the most... Um, NFL ready quarterback in this draft. Are the Giants really gonna? The Giants wouldn't pass on him. They need a, they need an heir apparent to Eli Manning. They're not gonna pass on on Dwayne Haskins.
3: And I think what's important about Mesa's tweet is to point out he Dwayne Haskins isn't ordinary either. I agree. So I, I, I to me he's talking about either Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins. I think – and I agree – I think Dwayne Haskins is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. I mean, when you look at when the situation called for Ohio State to
2: need something, Dwayne Haskins delivered. Absolutely he did. I, I think Dwayne Haskins is, is the best quarterback in this draft. And if they're going to take a quarterback this year, I, I think he's the guy you target and he's the guy you go after.
3: So, to me, the key in with Dwayne Haskins is the Giants – but whether or not they go that route, I still think they're they're locked in on Drew Lock. I think they're going to stand pat at ten. If Drew Lock is there, they'll take him. My my dream is Devin White, and sure. I I said this last week. Yeah, linebacker. I, to me, he his upside is just incredible. I mean he he really he was recruited to LSU as a fullback. <laughs> Weren't they all? I mean, yeah. he played he played both both positions in high school, but he was recruited to LSU as a fullback. So he he really didn't know what what he was doing. Now you take his athleticism and his ability to basically do everything as a middle linebacker. I I I made this comparison to you multiple times now. There's a reason the Bears drafted Roquan Smith. Yes, there is because of Vic Fangio. You give Devin White to Vic Fangio, that's like giving John Elway to Bill
2: Walsh. Could you imagine? Okay, not to go too far down the rabbit hole here, but how many Super Bowls would the San Francisco 49ers have won if, and maybe you remember this from that 30 for 30, but there was a a potential trade on there, Joe Montana, For John Elway, after Elway was drafted by the Colts, that didn't that they you know San Francisco ultimately decided they weren't even going to do that. But could you imagine how many Super Bowls would San Francisco have won if they had had John Elway as their quarterback? All of them. (laughs) All of them. That's a good number. That's a that's a big number, but it would have been all – we wouldn't be talking about Tom Brady right now as uh, the winningest Super Bowl, whatever. We would be talking about John Elway as that, and we, we'd probably hate him, right? We wouldn't enjoy – 17 straight Super Bowls. <laughs> I think it would – you know what? I think because he would have been healthier, I think it might have been 18. We'll, like, give him an extra one. Potential. Yeah. And think about it because oh. it would have gone
3: from Bill Walsh to George Seifert to uh... – what maybe Mike Shanahan? I think Mike
2: Shanahan would have stayed in San Francisco, or or maybe Mike Holmgren. It could have been Holmgren because he was there too. Yeah, so. I, either one of them. Yeah, and it and it would have just been Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. It would have been incredible. It would have been an amazing run, and the Broncos would have been. Oh, I don't even want to. I shudder. I shudder to think what would have happened. To the Good Denver thing we Broncos. don't have to think about it.
3: Well, but that's what can happen with Vic Fangio if he gets Devin White. That's right. Eighteen then, Super Bowls in a row. Is that and then, is that the prediction? If CJ Mosley isn't tagged. Oh, there you
2: go. Can you imagine CJ Mosley and Devin White I, I with can. Vic Fangio? I can. I, I love living in a dream world. I am I am all about it. It's fantastic. Well, it is National Fairy Tale Day. Is today National Fairy Tale Day? You're joking. Tuesday is National Fairy Tales. So, wait, Tuesday, we're talking about Tuesday, February 26th, 2019, just to put a timestamp on it, is National Fairy Tale Day. So,
3: there is no greater fairy tale than CJ Mosley and Devin White with Vic Fangio. That would be the best
2: linebacker duo since Randy Gratishar and Tom Jackson. Wow, that's high praise. Neither one of those guys is in the Hall of Fame. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. This is not a Hall of Fame show. We're not we're not doing that. We're going to avoid that complaint as, as much as we can. So, yeah, that there would be is, a nice fairy tale. There is one other. Some news came out. Benjamin Albright said that the, the
3: Broncos will target uh, Jonathan ha- Hankins. He's a defensive tackle with the Raiders. Right.
2: Sure. Yeah, I saw that. The, yeah, okay. I mean, those so, that, are, you know. so that means that they're more than likely moving on from Domitapeko, right? Which is, uh, you know, kind of too bad, but I think it makes sense if you look at, uh, and I think it was uh, Jeff uh, Jeffrey Essery who uh, mentioned this in Slack, and I, I apologize if I am saying it's the wrong person, but he had mentioned that uh, if you look at the the games where the Broncos got gashed on the ground, it was uh, a lot of times it was Pecco who was getting burned, and you know, you feel bad for him because I, I think he's a, a good guy. I think Domatopeko is one of those one of those players who makes the locker room better. But if his if his abilities have fallen off to the point where they can go off and you know go and find somebody else who can be better on the field, I think that's what they have to do. Um, it's too bad maybe they can bring him back in a you know in a, a limited snap kind of role, but it, it's probably time to move on from him as, as much as that kind of sucks to say. The thing that's
3: intriguing about Hankins is that he's going to turn 27 at the end of March. Right. So he's he's that prototypical free agent that John Elway loves to sign going into his first contract, his first big contract. And then if the, if the Broncos do sign him, if he were to put up the numbers that he did in his second season in the NFL with the Giants where it was over seven sacks and 50 tackles, Right, that's exactly what the Broncos would want from the middle of that defense.
2: Absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, get 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 some get some stats in the middle of that defense, and then pair them with C.J. Mosley and Devin White and Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the outside. I mean. Adrian Amos at it. safety. Sure, yeah. We're we're building uh we're building an all star defense here. Who needs the offense? In fact, I, I would venture a guess that they wouldn't need to play offense at all. They could score all their points from the defense in that particular scenario. <laughs> all right. So what else? What else do we gotta cover before I mean Combine's coming up? Free agent well, there's there, I think we got it. I think we hit it all. We plopped it out there and expected it to perform. We did. That's, what is that, the fifth time we've done that in this show? I think it's great. I think the more you can plop it out there and expect it to perform, the better. So I think that's what we need to do. It's our ode to John Fox.
1: You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.